J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series was turned down by 12 publishing companies. Thomas Edison was called stupid and unteachable. Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star for lack of creativity. Our guest today, Chris Hoke, went undrafted in 2001. Imagine that. Why do I say that's unbelievable? Because Chris Hoke went on to play for the Steelers for 11 years, play in three Super Bowls, win two Super Bowls, have a starting record, 17 wins, and one loss. Candidly, what he's done since he retired is equally impressive. After the Steelers, Chris has gone on to have a successful business career and also make a wonderful impact on the Pittsburgh community. And at the same time, be a great husband and a great father. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Greg, this is awesome. I'm, I'm excited. You asked me to be a part of this. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. When we spoke, what was it, two weeks ago on the telephone, yeah, I'm like, hey, ago. what can we talk about? And I said, uh, hey, Chris, what do you think? And boom, an hour later, so that, this may be <laughs> the right. easiest podcast. Two high did. energy guys just couldn't <laughs> stop talking, right? It was great. Well, we appreciate it. I, I, I think the, the listeners were really going to learn from you. And, um, one of the things I've, as I've learned more about you and you, you, I'm going to tell you when I first met you, did I ever, did I ever no, tell you this? No. Yeah. So years ago, and I wouldn't expect you to remember, but years ago, um, I came in to speak to the rookies of the, the, the rookies. And we were at an Italian restaurant, I think over in like Fox chapel. Okay. And I came in to speak with the rookies and that was your rookie year. That's how long ago it was. Holy and that's smokes. the first time I met you. And there was something about you. I mean, I remembered you from yeah. then. So I was really looking forward to this and in following in your, your career and learning more about you. What is really amazing is not only your success, but how you have absolutely overcome adversity. Oh man. And, and, and whether you're in sports business, as we're finding out in the markets, you've got to survive adversity. You've got to be tough. Why don't you help our listeners with, what are some of the things you've done to get through those difficult moments? Listen, life is filled with adversity, right? Everybody's going to face, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much money you don't have. It doesn't matter your, your circumstance of life. You are going to face adversity. And so it's how you, how you look at it, how you attack it. And there's something coach Tomlin always said, you got to smile in the face of adversity, right? Smile at it and keep going. And, and the people that are successful, the people that achieve greatness are the ones that, that power through it and smile all the way. You think of like Heinz Ward, right? Where he would just oh. blow someone up and just smile. Right. That's, that's kind of my mind that I see in my mind's eye when I think of someone smiling in the face of adversity. And um, in my life, I've, I, that's almost a story of my life, Greg, is overcoming adversity. When I came to the Pittsburgh Steelers, like you, like you referred to, I was an undrafted free agent. Right. My, I don't think a lot. I didn't realize that. No, I mean, it's tell, tell, tell them your sign. Well, so you, you, you see millions and millions of dollars being thrown around the NFL right now. In 2001, the Pittsburgh Steelers called me and signed me to an unrestricted free agent contract, street free agent contract. My signing bonus was $2,500. Unbelievable. After taxes, it was $1,700. I, I, I had a smile from <laughs> ear to ear. I thought, $1,700? That's more money I've ever so, had. And how many Super Bowls? I got two Super Bowls. Two Super Bowls. You played in three. Yeah. And and I think I heard a stat that is amazing to me. 
What is your record as a starter? Okay, so that's a great stat. Yeah, so I, you know, the majority of my career, I was a role player. So I played all the games. I was, uh, you know, a big contributor, but I started 18 games in my career. And of those 18 games, the Steelers were 17 and one. And let me add to that the one loss that we had was out in Oakland, right? We held the Oakland Raiders, I want to say, to 98 yards total offense. Total offense. And Ben had a fumble recovery, turn for touchdown, and he had an interception, turn for touchdown. We lost the game. Blame it on Ben. No, I'm just telling you. <laughs> no, just, you can play what you want, but the reality is the defense came through. Defense came it was through. off to me. Listen, every NFL player, every professional <laughs> right. athlete, you play That's the game long awesome. enough, you're going to have an off day. That's awesome. Ben's had a zillion more great days than off days. That was his off day. Well, I think in the season we just completed, we know how important he is to the team. Yeah, right? absolutely. It's truly incredible. Yep. So, so you go from coming in, 2500 bucks free agent, right? Yeah. Not drafted. And then you go to winning two Super Bowls. Some, you had to do something in between there yeah. that was really important to help you overcome that adversity. Yeah. It was, I'll tell you what, it was a grind. It really was. And I had to be mentally tough. Did you ever want to give up? Yeah, absolutely. I did, but I didn't. And I remember Say calling, that. Wait, but it's a lesson learned, right? I wanted to give up, but I didn't, but I didn't. Uh, absolutely. That's like Kenny Chesney song. Uh, but I didn't, right? <laughs> but let me tell you, so I was in my first training camp and it was, I mean, I came into camp, thought I had a great off-season training program at OTAs, they call them, we come in out of 10 defensive linemen on the roster, I'm 10. And luckily Casey Hampton held out and he held out of that camp and it gave me an opportunity to get some more snaps. I was able to prove that I, you know, that I got something inside of me to the right. coaches, right? And I remember after the first couple of weeks, I still wasn't getting a lot of snaps. I really wasn't, even though I had those extra ones from Casey. I worry about what it would have been like if Casey would have come to, on time, right? Right. So I remember calling my wife and being in tears and saying, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can continue on because I, I don't have a chance here. Right. But there was something inside of me said that if you give up now, you'll regret it the rest of your life. Mm. And so I continued to move forward, continued to grind, continued to work. And there, there were a lot of sleepless nights. I woke up many times, Greg, in sweats. So not sweat clothes, sweats, sweats. sweating. <laughs> right. You know? So that's a good lesson, whether you're a young athlete, whether you're an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. whether you're an investor, whether you're watching panic in the markets, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and it's not to suggest be, just because you keep going, the pain stops. Yeah. It means if you look out five years, you're going to be okay. But you have to look at the horizon. And yep. so many people in times of adversity like you had, right? Yeah, like absolutely. You, in times of adversity, you shrink your time horizon. Instead of looking out, you look back and said, someday I'll regret this. Absolutely. Investors that are long-term, if they act irrationally in the short yeah. term, someday they're going to regret it. Impulsively, I, right? Impulsively. I heard, a, um, I heard a stat on Navy SEALs. 80% of Navy SEALs that ring the bell quit before a physical activity, not during or after in the anticipation. It's the anticipation. Yeah. It's the anticipation Absolutely. of continued pain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So something it's else. It's the fear of that pain. It's even the fear. And people fear hypotheticals. People, you know, that's the problem is, you know, you, I look at this and I think, 
man, w- w- what if I don't make the team? How am I going to go home and talk to my friends? How am I going to go tell people I didn't, I didn't make it? I didn't, and, 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 or what if I get into the game on Friday night in the first season game against the Atlanta Falcons, which it was my, my rookie year, and I don't play well, and I embarrass them. It's all the fear of what could happen. What happens if the market keeps going down for three exactly. more months? I have no exactly. idea what's going to happen in the next three months. Yep. You didn't have any idea what was going to happen with the Falcons. You know if you continue to work hard at the end of the season, you'd be happy and Absolutely. someday too middle-aged guys would look back and say like, hey, it all worked out. Same yeah. with investors when they look at the long term. Another thing you said to me when you joined the team, yeah. you were very careful of the players that you spent a lot of time with. Sure, sure. You know, one of the things is you surround yourself with greatness. I wanted to surround myself with guys who were been there, done that, guys. Guys that had been successful in the NFL. So I like to talk to, back then it was the Aaron Smiths and the Kimo Von Olofens, right? Kimo had been around the NFL for a long time. I roomed with Kimo, and I would talk to him about his techniques. I would ask him what he would look at when he was in a stance, in a certain defense, or how he would react to certain blocks. I tried to pick their brains. I want to be a student of the game. In order for me to survive in the NFL for 11 years, I had to love every bit of football. Not just, not just playing in the games. I had to love the preparation. I had to love the practice. I had to love the, the you know, anticipation of the game. I had to eat it. I had to sleep it in you order had, to survive. You had to love the process. I had to love the process. Right? Yep. I mean, and, and that's true again in business. That's true. Mm-hmm. All, it's, it's, it's interesting how, how it is parallel in that you just have to absolutely love the process. You do. You do. And, and you, you sent me in a comment earlier that I want to kind of expound on a little bit. You know, what keeps you going? How can you smile in the face of adversity? I think there's two things that come to my mind is number one, you have to have foundational principles. You have to stand on something. And if you're standing on sand, if you're standing on what other people want you to do, if you're standing on what other people are telling you to do, you're going to fall. You're, you're going to quit. You have to have rock solid foundational prim- principles to, for you to stay strong in adverse moments, right? And number two then is having goals. I mean, goals are huge. I, I heard once that if, if you don't write goals down, there's a thought. They come and go. They're fleeting, right? So write, have these goals, long-term goals, and when you're going through adversity, when you're going through a downturn in the market, stay true to your goals. Stay true to your long-term values and goals, and, and everything's going to come out on top. It's so true. It's interesting how people say, I'm a long-term investor. My goal is to invest for 30 years from now for yep. my great-grandchildren. And then it's like, hey, what is going on in the market? Do you think we should get out? It's, <laughs> it's the goals. And, and um, how do you go about setting your goals? How do you go about tracking them? Yeah. Um, my, my family will tell you that we have gold days in the Weimer family. And I'm a little bit of a gold nut. So I put them on... Um, I, I, I put them on a, on a graph. I yep. have five that I'm trying to achieve every quarter. I have daily things I want to do. How do you keep your, how do you set your goals? And then how do you um, keep them in front of you? And then yep. how do you track them? Well, I, I mean, I'm not as technical as you. I don't have on a graph <laughs> or on a spreadsheet or like that, but I, I tell you, I'm old school, but the way I do that first, I try to discover my goals. I try to discover what it is that, what am, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? What am I interested in? What, where, where do I want to go? What do I, what do I, where do I want to take my family? So first of all, I'm discovering that, right? And, and, uh, and then I try to come up with a plan. How am I going to achieve those goals? What, what are the steps I need to take to achieve the goal that I just discovered, this goal that I just set? And then you got to go ahead and act. Act on it and, and move forward on your plan. At this, at, and during and after, you've got to reflect. You've always got to be in, in a state of reflection. Reflect on how am I doing? Where, where, am I, am I, am I um, acting on the steps that I came up with, the plan, to, the game plan to achieve my 
goals. And did you do that when you were in the NFL? I, I always had goals. Yeah, I always it was, had, yep. Actually, two days ago, I found my journals. I, yeah. kept, I kept journals during training camp because I thought, I'm going to keep them for my kids. Now I'm excited I had them. Every, at the start of every training camp on the first page, I had my goals for, for that year. That's awesome. Down. So I, I had, um, I read, I, I don't know where I listened to the, Lou Holtz say he yeah. had like 116 things he wanted to do. So what, it may have been 120. I don't remember the number. And so I thought, that sounds like a good idea. And so I did it. So I, I, I wrote down, and I think I came up to 106, 107, whatever it was. And just recently, I found that notebook. Did you and really? it, yeah. And it's amazing. Just by writing them down, yeah. they happen. They happen. But you have to visualize them. You have to not only think about what they'd look like when you get there. You have to think about what it would feel like when oh, you get there. You've, it's the feel there's thing. There's something powerful about sitting there and, and thinking about your goal and then imagining yourself achieving that goal and what that feels like when you achieve that goal. If I do or don't. Or you don't. But for right? me, you want to achieve that goal. Right? So to. what I try to do is if I, if I want to you know, get a – I don't know what it is. I mean, if I want to buy a certain car, I guess, right? right? And, and, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And, and that's the goal. You, you write it down. You, you, you ponder it. You think about it. And then you think in the future, what would it feel like it. when I write that check that's to it. pay for that car? And that feeling, it, it seeps deep inside you, man. And it does something powerful that catapults you on the path to so, that goal. So when we, when we are helping people find their goals, because not yeah. everybody's goal driven mm-hmm. like that. So when we sit down with clients, we have to really help them think about what they're all about is yep. really all about. And, and you can just see the change in their body language and their, just when you say like, okay, grandchildren's education and, yep. or like, you know, creating a legacy or making sure that my family's able to go on fabulous vacations to create moments together, whatever those things are. And when we really talk about them and then put together a plan around them, what, at the end of the day, it's how we help people maximize yep. their life and maximize their legacy, which you and I have talked about. But um, some people aren't. Some people aren't necessarily driven like that. But if you can be like that, and you are an extremely intentional guy, if if you do behave that way based on certain fundamentals, certain foundation, and then you really feel like what you want your life to yep. look at, then life just doesn't happen to you. Nope. You have, make it happen. You make it happen. My, my, <laughs> my dad used to always tell me when I was a kid, he said, there's three types of people in this world. Have you heard this before? No. So the first person makes things happen. Yeah. The second person watches things happen. Yeah. And the third person says, what the heck just happened? <laughs> right. Make right. it happen. He says, he'd always tell my dad was a very successful um, businessman in Southern California. And he would always tell me, make things happen. Make it happen. Don't let it just happen to you. Yeah. Because it won't happen very often. Yeah. So what rituals do you have? So you put your, so you, you, you put your goals together. Yep. And my guess is you have some, you have some big goals. And I, I know your morals. And I know the yep. type of person you are and you, um, that are great foundation. What type of rituals do you put together in a daily basis to make sure you're, the right, you're in the right state to achieve yeah. those goals? Well, I, I think it's, a, it's always getting up ready for the daily grind. Right. And what time do you get up? I get up at 5 a.m. Yep. I'm at 5 a.m. down in my office at 515. I do some deep thinking, uh, pondering. I, I study the good word. Um, and then I, I, I study other things in the morning. I get up and get a great workout in. I always got to get that workout in. I don't feel right during the day, Greg, unless mm-hmm. I get that, you know, hour of exercise in the morning. But you can't do that if you're waking up at 7 a.m. The, the day's going to pass you by. Right. So you got to get up at 5 a.m. and get those things done. I read something, I think, two days ago. That most billionaires get up at 4 a.m. I'm thinking, I'm starting, I'm starting to play. Do I get up at 4 a.m.? Right. God, that means I got to go to bed like at 7. My wife won't like that with five kids at home. But, you know, it's, it's um, so the daily grind, it's, it's getting up and being intentional with your day, mm-hmm. right? Having a plan. Do you have a daily plan? Like, do you have a uh, yeah. daily plan? Or I, where you- I, 
I have a, I do, I have a notebook. It's an old school notebook, right? Yeah, it's a spiral yeah. notebook. It's not one of these like these businessman notebooks that are like the uh, focus plan or whatever. Right. It's just an old spiral notebook. And I, and I was, I'm pondering things through my day. I write down all the things, my to-do list of what I want to do. What I like to do is I love reading the book and listening to the audio book of um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, yeah. People. Great one. Awesome stuff, right? Yep. Great one. And what I like to do is really- The main thing, isn't that, isn't that the one that, that, that uh, just to cover, he said, the main thing is keep the main, thi- the main, the main thing, thing, the main, main thing. thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and so he talks about you know, things that are important and a priority and things that aren't important, but a priority. And, you know, he talks about those different quadrants. Yeah. Know? Like urgent versus yeah, important. Yeah. That's what it is. Urgency. Yeah. And important. Because urgency tends to take over. Yeah. Rather than yeah, over importance. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll tell you, this may help me. One of the things I do is I put my five goals for the quarter on top of my page every day. Okay. And then I think about, okay, they're my five goals I want to have this quarter. And then I think, okay, what's the one thing in the book, the one thing, great book. If you haven't read the one, it, read the book. Oh, good one. What's the one thing I need to do today to make the biggest advancement on those goals? And then what's the next three and the next five? So yeah. if I showed you any of my days, I have them color coordinated based on my one thing, my three things, and my five things that I need to get accomplished every day. If I do that, if you total it up, it's what nine things. Yep. So I could get nine things done. If I get my nine most important, forget about that. If I get my three, forget about that. If I get my one, one most important yeah. thing every day, it's going to make a big difference if I do that every day. Yeah, I like and that. Then, and then ideally I'd have more than that, yeah. but it just may help you. I mean, to no, keep absolutely. focused I love on that. the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, like I said, I, I just, I write in a, in a notebook, a spiral notebook, and I try to follow that every single yeah. day. Because, you know, I've seen too many people where, they, you know, their, their mind's all over the place. Right. And they don't have a plan. And Idea to me, soup. a to-do list is a plan right. of how, what, what's important to you that day. Right. I like that, though. The one thing. I the like one thing. Oh, read the book. It's, good. it's a good it. book, The One Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Father Five, you got a lot of energy. Yeah. You're focused. You got, how, do you, how do you transfer that as a dad <laughs> to your five children? Oh, listen, they're, they're everything to me. My wife is my best friend. Um, my five kids, everything I do is for them. And, um, and it's important in my life. And that just came from, I, I wished, I wish this was videoed because your whole, your whole body changed. I mean, that was just so clear. Yeah. So that, that came from, that came from your heart. Yep. They're, they're everything to me. And, um, I think yesterday, you know, I think so many things are going on in our lives. Right. And, uh, two nights ago, my 14 year old daughter, who I just, just my, my princess, she says, hey, dad, uh, you know, I, I have tomorrow off from gymnastics. So she's a, she's a level 10 gymnast. Yeah. And she says, hey, will you come pick me up from school and take me to get a cherry lime made at Sonic? And, you know, 2.30, right in the middle of the day. Yeah. Right? And I was like, oh, man, it's going to. At first I told her, I said, honey, that's, that's, that's a tough time for me. And when she walked away, I thought that was the wrong answer. So I walked over and said, honey, I'm going to pick you up at 2.30 tomorrow. And we, I picked her up. We went to, this, um, to Sonic up in Wexford. And grabbed a cherry lime together, and, and that night she came with me and hugged and told me, "Thank you for taking me." And it's, awesome. it's just a, a special time, you know. And that's what it's supposed to be like, right? I mean, we can deal. I've always told my wife, "Children will never forget those moments." Never forget those moments. I've told my wife, "Listen, I can deal with stress outside the home. I can deal with adversity outside the home, as long as our family is strong." Right. And I, I think that everybody, if they if they look deep inside themselves, they'd say the same thing. Uh, you know, sometimes we get caught up. And what's going on outside the home? We get caught up in the ways of the world. We get caught up of in in trying to you know be, be rich or trying to be successful in our business. But really, I believe with all my heart, Greg, that the most important work that we can do as individuals is the work that goes on in our home. 
my guess is if you had a choice, successful entrepreneur, successful football player, wow. all-world dad, all-world dad wins every day. hundred percent. I, I, I hate it. I hate missing my kids' events. I, I, don't let, I let very few things get in the way, and if I can help it, I'm there. I mean, I'm at all their um, rec basketball games yeah. or school basketball games or school football games. I mean, I'm at everything, gymnastics meets soccer games. Um, I'm, I'm happiest when I'm at their events. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. That's, that's inspiring. Um, so you have transitions, right? Mm -hmm. So between being a dad, being a football player, now being a successful entrepreneur, how do you transition? Because it is about the transitions, right? So many people, we have transitions in our life. We Mm -hmm. have chapters to our life. How do you transition from being a football player to a successful business person? Oh man. Well, a lot of the lessons that you learn as a football player can be applied to business. Yeah. Right. I mean, honestly, there, there's a lot of same ass and you've mm. seen that. I mean, a lot of same as, you know, what, you know, in business, for example, um, over, like we talk about overcoming adversity, there's nothing like facing adversity in a sporting event and a football game in, in a season and overcoming it and taking that. And you're always going to have adversity in business. It's nothing like working with a team, right? Working with a teammate, working with a unit, You've got to do that in most business settings. You got to work with a team and you, and as a, and, you know, listen, I have a lot of great friends that I played football with. We didn't always see eye to eye. We had to work through some of our, some of our differences, right? We valued each other's differences. And sometimes there was some heated discussions and we worked through it, but those valuable lessons that we learned working through those things together can serve valuable in business, right? You, you talk about, how about this one? How about winning a Super Bowl and then trying to come back the next year and stay motivated and working hard? Right. And not getting complacent. How many people in business, they, 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 they have a wonderful sale, right? Or they, they the market tanks like right now and you infuse a ton of cash. And then a year later, the market goes back to 30,000 and you make several, you know, whatever millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars. What are you going to do now? How are you going to respond? What's your next move? Right. It's staying focused on the prize, which is your goals, which is what, what you set out to do. Yeah. It's hard to break through those plat- plateaus when you say like you win a Super Bowl. So you've, it feels like a peak. Yeah. How do you turn it into a plateau where then you can take it to the next level, right? It's goals. And it takes, it's goals. It's, ma- no. it, it's a goal. Number one, couldn't agree more goals. And then you have to take like massive action, yeah. like not action, massive action, yep. which comes with behavioral change, yep. which yep. is very, very difficult. Well, and here's what happens too. You want a Super Bowl and your life changes. Yeah. Like people look at you differently. People treat you differently. How about this one? You start a business and you all of a sudden you're, you're, you're driving, you're driving a, a loaded Beamer, right? Or you're driving a Tesla. You got this huge 15,000 square foot home and you're living out where you live in wherever you live. Right. <laughs> and, and, and you have these wonderful things and people treat you differently. Right. How do you handle success? Right. How do you handle success? Cause some, as quickly as you earn that money, it can be lost. Right. So or as quickly as you got the success, ideally not if they invest with us, but I get, but this is for our, our <laughs> listeners though. I mean, right. that's, how do you handle success? Right. Is a big deal is a big thing that you have to consider because, um, if you can handle success like a champ, right? Not a chump, a champ. You can, you can achieve even greater heights. Yeah. My partner, Jim Wadi, his one son wrestles or wrestled at Virginia tech. And in their locker room, he tells me, and I won't get the words right, but it's not only how you handle success, but how you perform on your most difficult day mm-hmm. is what makes the difference. Yep. So like what you, we were talking before, what defines you is what you do when you do not know what, when you do not know what to do. Yeah. So like, the difficult times also define you, right? When you're down and out and you're, 
you know, you're calling your spouse and saying, I can't do it anymore. The market's going down and I can't take it one more day. I know yeah. I have a five-year time yeah. horizon, but I want to know what it's going to be worth tomorrow. Yeah. So um, th- what defines you is those difficult moments in addition to your success. Absolutely. It, it does. It does. Because when, when, when the going gets tough. Yeah. And, you know, you've, 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 and you don't know how to respond. Yeah. You just got to, you know, dig deep. And the ones that continue to go, continue to work hard, continue to work, are the ones that are going to achieve that success. And, and, and a wrestler, it's, I mean, those guys, man. And wrestlers, many of the listeners know my partner's Jim Wadding. He has uh, a couple his boys that are going yeah. on to be Navy SEALs. One is a Navy SEAL. One's about to be a Navy SEAL. One is on their way. Um, and oh, re- when you look at who, who makes it, yeah. number one, would, well, they have to be a high school athlete. They tend to make it. And wrestlers. Well, wrestlers are mentally tough. Wrestlers. It's a grind. Yeah. Wrestlers, you know, absolutely. Well, also, what being I look mentally at, tough is. Oh, it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything. Mentally tough. You, you cannot break under pressure. That's another thing you talked about. What did I learn as a, as a professional athlete? It's how to perform under pressure. Right. You know, I think of, um, you know, the difference between the regular season of an NFL season and the postseason the NFL season, right? In, in, in a regular season game, th- there is a lot of pressure and, and a lot of intensity in the first few series of the game and at the end of the game, right? So it's, it's once you get through a few series in the game, maybe at the end of the first quarter, things kind of settle down a little bit and you just start to play. And then it, it stays like that. And then once you get into the game, if it's close, that's when it seems like the intensity picks up, yeah. right? You get a playoff game. It's, it never slows down. Turn the volume up. It is. It is intense. It is. You look at, you think of like a, a, a speedometer. It is in the red, the whole game. And you're, and you're trying, and you got to be able to think under pressure. Right. And as, as, and what you're in right now with so much going on with the market and so much uncertainty and so much volatility, we talked about this before, those who uh, make their names right now. Those who uh, defining moment, defining moment, help is when clients they can through think this. under pressure. We will get through it, help and they can help them it. work through it. Yeah, and we also talked about the the football season and how how challenging it is to stay yeah. mentally tough. And I don't know if you remember the conversation we were talking about uh, the the uh, Ken Nash. Yeah, and how yeah. he really helps a lot of players. And in fact, he helped me. He helps you get through the season, yeah. right? Yeah, it's that it's that challenging. Absolutely. And I and I you know the people in our firm with it when we're in down markets like this, every day can feel a little long. Fortunately, we have great long-term investors, but to get through this, you have to, you have to make sure your rituals are good. You're exercising, you know, you're staying informed, you're continuing to learn, you're continuing to think long-term to get through the adversity. Absolutely. So, so help the listeners on some of the stuff you're doing now. What are you, what are you fired up about that you're doing now? Uh, So besides, besides investing with (laughs) Confluence and and being a part of their, their team, and I'm not really part of your team, I'm part of your, um, your book, if you will, right? (laughs) Um, I, right now I, um, I'm involved in a couple land development projects. I got a, a large land development project going on in South Fayette, mm-hmm. um, which is South County of, of, of Allegheny County. I've got a little small one in Franklin park and I really enjoy that. Greg, I really enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it, it can be intense at times when you're working with contractors and you're working with different individuals and the townships are always tough. Yeah. And the boroughs, but, um, but I, I enjoy that. So I, I do that. You know, when I, when I, how did you learn to do that though? I, I grew up in, in a home where my dad was a general contractor. Okay. 
So I grew up uh, watching my dad. He was general contractor, but he also did the development and the con- and, and the, the building side, right, the construction mm-hmm. side. Okay. So I watched that. No, I didn't get in. You know, I was that kid that you know I'd show up at the job site with my dad at six a.m. and he'd say, "All right, Chris, I want you to go around and put rings on all of the toilets, <laughs> you know, all around the you know, thing." And then I'd go find yeah. the, the, the 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 bathtub in the farthest corner of this construction site, right, in the in the, in the multifamily um, uh, uh, unit. And I would just fall asleep in the in the bathtub, right? And then I'd hear the the breakfast truck yeah. and I'd come running out. That was me. But I grew up on the site. I grew up yeah. on a construction site. And then I had experiences. I started making money in the NFL. I started buying properties, um, selling properties. Um, and uh, recently, I was involved in a project a few years ago where I was able to build some farm, um, some barns, and build right. and work through that process. And so um, I just gained experience over the years. And so you I, learned along the way. I learned along the way. It was just, that's, it's all about learning. Yeah. It's all about learning. It's interesting. I, I think some people make the assumption that you can't do something until you're the expert. Yeah. I have found, and, and, and I've learned how to put it through words through the strategic coach up in Toronto. He helped me put it in words. But you have to have the courage to make the commitment to build the competency so then you have the confidence there's a bunch of C's in yeah. there. So you have to have the courage to make the commitment. You have to make the commitment, then you have to have the courage to build the competency that'll give you the confidence to make the next commitment. Sure. And it's how it works, right? Yeah. You just, yeah. you learn along the way. I think everybody's looked, some people look for the perfect time, the perfect yeah. opportunity. They wait until they know everything before they go and do what you did yeah. and uh, start a company. I heard, I heard a saying once that um, it doesn't, Let's see. You don't have to be great to get started. But you have to be. You have to, you have to be um, to start to be great. You don't have to be great to get started. But you have to start to be great. Oh, that's great. Yep, I get it. Right. A lot of people want to wait till they they're competent. They want to wait until they're great. Then they'll get started. But in order to be great, you have to start. So it's sort of like when you go to the gym. Right. I find, and you, I find the most difficult thing about the gym is opening the door. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. it's it, in our gym. Uh, we go down like five steps to get into the gym. Uh-huh. Those five steps are the hardest exercise I have for the next hour and a half <laughs> going down those five steps. And then I don't understand you may how you can go to a gym and, and, and go in there like th- this evening I'll go yeah. just because it's really important to, 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 in in all types of markets and days, but times like this, it's yeah. really important to exercise. So, um, I won't have much energy going in there. I'll go in there. I'll spend energy. I'll come out with more energy. It makes no sense great. to me, right? Yeah. But you got to start. You got to start. Yeah. You got to start to be great. And, and, and that's, that's the one thing in life is, is you just got to You just got to have a plan, right? And, and follow through with that plan and get, get going. Because you can't be great unless you get started. You can't make a basket unless you shoot, right? You, you, you can't hit the ball unless and you shoot. you got to understand you had adversity. Yeah. Oh, it, 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 that is part of life. 50% of life is adversity. Agreed. And that's when you grow the most. That's when you learn the most is when you go through adverse moments. You have to live through difficult markets to enjoy the up markets. You have to. If you try to to avoid the down market, I've I've done this now, um, holy cow, 33 years, I think. Yeah. 34? 34 years. That's horrible. So 34 years. And to get the good long-term results, you have to live through some difficult times. John Wooden once said, it's the struggle. It's the test that gives value to the prize. Yeah. The prize is the up market, but it's a struggle. It's a down market. It's the test of staying true to your foundational principles and your long-term goals that gives value to that prize. So quick wooden story. I was asked to speak. This is a long time ago. My son was in fourth grade, so whatever that means, long time ago. (laughs) And uh, they asked me to speak with, and Coach Wooden was speaking also. Uh And I I didn't really know 
at this conference, I didn't really know who Coach Wooden was. It was before Google, so yeah. I had to figure <laughs> it out. And um, and I thought that's okay. I'm I'm coaching the fourth grade basketball team at St. Louis de Marillac. Mm-hmm. I once I learned who he is. Perfect. So I said to him that day, I said, I had lunch with him. I had the privilege of having lunch with him. And I said to him, I said, Coach Wood, what is it that you would teach the St. Louis de Marillac fourth grade boys? And he said, Greg, teach them to never try to play better than somebody else. And for me, I was so, I was expecting stay low, yeah, yeah, defense, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever. So um, I said, help me understand that, Coach. I, I don't really know why you're yeah. telling me that. And here's through adversity. And here's through difficult times. I just did it because we're going through a difficult time. You write on the left hand of your, and you've probably done this many times. You write on the left hand of your notebook. Here are the things I can't control. Mm-hmm. On the right hand side, here, market fluctuation, sure. right? Mm-hmm. Casey Hampton getting hurt. Yep. Whatever those yep. things are, there's things you can't control. On the right hand side, what are the things I can control? Yeah. Listening to the coach, being the first to practice hanging out with the right people, mm-hmm. following good fundamentals, whatever those, how many, how many times you call clients to make sure they're okay, yep. making sure that your portfolio managers are sound, whatever those things are, you can control. And that is the list yep. of which you make your goals from. Yep. And if you focus in adversity on things you can control, you will increase your results and you will reduce your stress. 100%. If you focus on the can't control, you will increase your stress and reduce your results. Yeah, because you worry. You stress out. You uh, worry about things. You can't, you can't worry about the weather. Now, how many people worry about the weather tomorrow? Oh, it's going to be cold tomorrow. It's going to be rainy. Oh, affects uh, our mood. Oh, no. It just brings you down. And then you can't focus on things that are important, the things that you can control. And so put, make a, I love that. Make that list. And Stephen R. Covey talks about that, too, in his Seven yeah. Habits of Highly Effective People. And it, and it, it kind of it has two circles. You know, these circles, right? But, um, and you focus on oh, the things right. you can control. Can. So, so for the listeners, if you're going through a challenging times, what can I control? What can't I control? Yeah. And, and one of the things in difficult markets, and by the time this comes out, we may not be in, in one. We don't know. <laughs> but but in the, there will be another one. There always yeah. is. It is really important to control the clock. In, in any sport, mm-hmm. and when you invest, you have to control the clock. Great coaches mm-hmm. control the clock. Yep. And great investors control the clock. It is easier if you think in five-year time increments than five days. Sure. You better not get on that cruise ship anytime soon. The cruise ship. I, that cruise ship right there on your on – your, Oh, uh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's why. Nope. Here's why. Because it's a plateau. That's the Super Bowl. So because for it's me – It's secret. I, I don't have that. That's the secret right there. I don't have that. But that's what you want, and so you see it every single day. I don't even and know if I want it. I just oh, want to know there's another level. It's the secret. You, you've, watched, you've, you've read the book, The Secret. I did. Oh, that's right. I did. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You, you put it in your yeah. dream board, and every day you look at it. Period. Because at the end of the day, when you look at it again, you will have taken one step closer to that dream, to that, that you, you goal can, you have. You can feel successful. Absolutely. You can feel I successful, like but I think I, I, want, I want that every day to look at, to remember that I could do better. Yeah, I can do. I don't want that boat, by the way. Listen, I, I feel like <laughs> I'm the like, most horrible. motivated, like like guy. Being around you is like no, no, I, I'm going to go home true. and write all these notes. I'm going <laughs> to no. go home and write my journal. And say, look, Greg said this, this and this. I got to have two columns. I got to have things it's, I can't control. Things I can't control. I got to go home. True, and yeah. I got to do the. I got to read the one. The the one thing. My right. guess is you're so far on the right side on things you can't or you oh. can control. You're a can yeah, control. but still we, you're a can control guy. Un, but unless we check ourselves a lot, we can get ourselves caught up in worrying about the things you can't control. One hundred percent. And the thing I like about you, when the conversation's over with you, just like we had the other day on the phone, you're one of those people, and it's it's really a gift. It's a unique ability. You're one of those people 
that at the end of the conversation, you are more inspired, you feel better than you did when the conversation 100%. started. 100%. And, and, I, and, that's I try to awesome. that. and that's why I'm trying to, when I'm talking to you, even though it's a conversation, I'm trying to see what can I learn from Greg? He's successful. I'm looking at the way you dress. I'm looking at what you have there. I'm saying, okay. Sears. You, and if you want to just go Shut to, yeah, you go to Sears. That's true. That's custom <laughs> shirt. But I'm looking at it and saying, okay, what, you know, look at it. That's all, what's, what's all about. You got to have those visions in your mind of where you go want to go and what you want to do. And then you talk about those steps about how to get there. But you, you got to have a vision of where you want to go. I watch it speaking of, of learning. I, I remember when um, JP Morgan had a problem. Jamie Dimon was in front of Congress. Mm-hmm. And I watched him answer questions and at the same time watch his stock go up four, four points. And I'm thinking, how can he be telling Congress how they lost $2 billion? And because he, he, told, he, he was straight with people. Mm-hmm. He was candid. He answered, answered honestly. And I just watched how he answered questions. I wrote, you can learn from everyone. 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 I'm like right? a sponge. Me too. You know what I'd like to know? Who... Through your time at the Steelers, what coach and or what other player did you find to be a great mentor, and what is the lesson you learned from them? I'll tell you who I was really close to who had a huge impact on me. He's still with the Steelers. He's the assistant head coach now, but he was the D-line coach for the Ste- defensive line coach for the Steelers for 25-ish years, um, John Mitchell. Now, John Mitchell is a, a man from um, Mobile, Alabama. He grew up in, in the civil rights era. And um, he was um, grew up in a very humble, modest home, um, went to Alabama, was the first black captain, first black All-American for Bear Bryant, mm. and uh, just broke a lot of barriers, man. He's just a great man. And um, I played for him for 11 years, and he was my position coach, and he and I became very close. He's like a second father to me. Still talk to him now. And um, a very wise man. And so, you know, he, he and I became really close. And throughout my time with the Steelers, and there were some times during practice where they would have like special teams, kickoff team, and I wasn't on kickoff. So I'd stand next to him. We'd talk about life. We'd talk about what's going on. I talked to him about social issues, talking about whatever issues going on because he had such a great uh, mind. He was super wise. He had seen so much in his life. And so I love to see, hear his perspective and learn from him. So if you ask me who had a huge impact on me, not only did he teach me the game of football, he taught me how to play with great fundamentals. He taught me how to play with great technique. He taught me how to be better at overcoming adversity. But he also taught me how to be a better man. He taught me how to, how to see the world through a different lens. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful to him. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. It's, it's interesting whether it's a teacher or a coach. The great ones, they're bigger than the game. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they're bigger it than the game. The game. It transcends the game. Yeah. I mean, a coach wouldn't used to be asked you know, if he had a successful season. And he used to say, I don't know, I'll tell you in 30 years. Because it wasn't about the wins and losses. Yeah. It was like what he did to those young men and how they grew up to yep. be responsible adults, Absolutely. right? I had a great teacher. Um, I wish I would have told him along the way. I had, a, I had a teacher in high school that taught me calculus. And I don't know that it had anything to do with calculus. He helped me believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And I remember that. So, you know, for teachers, for coaches, for friends, helping people believe in themselves yep. and being bigger than the game. Um, That's a great lesson for me to hear from you, yeah. Huge lesson. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear other subject matters that may be of interest to you, please check us out at confluencefp.com slash podcast.